Uh, as promised, today we're going to start a handful of lessons of a Christmas theme. Uh, today is talking to kids about Santa. I thought I'd start with uh, a couple of my favorite quotations about Santa Claus. My dad, pictured left, says Santa Claus is a real pretend person. And that's what I was told growing up. And then on the right is my father-in-law, Craig, being squished, saying, Ben, please get up. I can't breathe. This is, this is one of my other favorite Santa photos. Uh, so, um, Insisted on sitting on my lap. I'm <laughs> lucky to be alive. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, if there's a Santa, I insist on sitting on a lap. That's the truth. So, and now I have payback. <laughs> Um, there is a picture from yesterday of Jerry, Jerry Stevens, Stevens on my lap. On his lap. Yeah, Is it take the photobomb picture of you photobombing the McDonough? I hope so. Oh, yeah. I think so. I yeah. tried. Yeah. I tried. The McDonough's are the only family that asked for a Santa free photo. And so I snuck true, in the back true story, behind the Christmas tree and hopefully made it in. Hopefully to ruin their Christmas card forever. Uh, so we're going to talk about Santa today and how to talk about Santa to kids. Uh, obviously, compared to some of the other topics we've handled, this one's a lot more lighthearted and less consequential. So my disclaimer is there's no right or wrong answer on this stuff. Just some suggestions. Don't judge. Every parent's going to do this stuff a little different and just ease up on it would be my only suggestion. But I'll, I'll say some things that are worth mentioning. What are our questions? Um, is it lying to tell kids that there is a fat man coming down a chimney? Uh, does it undermine faith in God when you tell them something and then later say, oh, that was pretend, but this other thing I told you is real? So that's a question. Does it undermine the nativity story by saying, uh, Jesus is the reason for the season, but here's the fat man who brings you presents? Um, and then is there a good way to break the news to them when they get older? Uh, those are kind of the basic questions I wanted to try to tackle today. We have only done this once uh, with, with Lucas, so we are exactly that experienced. And it was just, was it last year? Mm -hmm. I mean, 12. I, I kept thinking, he's a bright kid. I was like, come on, any minute now. <laughs> but yeah, he was arguing with kids at school about it before... Um, <clears throat> He was pro Santa, like he was the guy making the argument, you know, and I was like, oh, great, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so we had that conversation, but it turned out really well, and now he is a participant in the grand drama like of Christmas. Yeah. He, oh, he gets to be God. Santa for Calvin now, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So let's, let's take these one at a time. Number one, is it lying? Um, we tell our kids a patently false story while at the same time teaching them to be honest. Is that, is that a problem? Um, my answer would be Luke 7.32. This is Jesus actually complaining about the Pharisees. He says, they are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, we played the flute for you and you did not dance, we sang a dirge and you did not weep. Now, it's a weird passage, but what he's complaining about is the Pharisees were playing make-believe. Like you were living in a little fantasy world and you're mad because I didn't play along. Okay? He says it's normal for children to play make-believe. So if a kid comes up to you and has a plastic telephone and says, 
Boing, boing. Hello. You say hello. You know the answer. There is a right. You don't say, that is a fake telephone. <laughs> right? You, you say, oh, yeah. We're, we're clearly playing a game right now. You say, who's on the phone? Yeah. Who's on, who's, who is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's for you. Yeah. Right. It's normal for kids to engage in make-believe games. It would be weird for adults to. So if you're still telling yourself that there is a fat man coming down your chimney, we need to have a talk about reality. But if you're engaging in a make-believe game with your children, I think that's entirely normal. Playing pretend is an important psychological component of childhood. It's one of the things kids do. It's part of growing up, is having a pretend friend and play make-believe and little games and so forth. Children intentionally suspend <coughs> reality to enjoy the game. The kid knows there's not actually anybody on the phone. I mean, they can hear it. There's no one talking, but they're like, blah, 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 and they start talking to the person who's not there. You know, they're mimicking us. They're mimicking, right? It's, it's part of the pretend game. It's okay. Uh, you don't have to burst that bubble or think they've gone mad. They think that telephone is real. No, they know it's a game and it's fun. Deep down inside, there are moments when Calvin looks at me and I'm like, no, he knows. And yet, it's a game. It's enjoyable to continue the game. And so he does. And I think it's kind of similar. Discovering the truth about Santa is also a rewarding developmental process. When the kid gets old enough to start asking those fun questions, how does he visit everybody? Um, we, had, we had a fun, fun because I'm a nerd, fun physics one problem where we had to solve uh, the coefficient of friction uh, for Santa's sleigh if he were to visit everybody in one night across the world. Mm. And bad news, he puffs into flame. Like, it's, it's worse than re-entry from outer space. He's done for. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. But, like, up until then, it's pretty fun. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, hey, maybe, maybe it's got magic, right? And, and the, it's kind of a developmental thing for the kid to say, ah, that doesn't make sense. And to learn the skills to discern between reality and make-believe, it, it's an important thing. So I, I don't think it's lying. I think it's part of the game, and I, I think it's actually healthy. Does it undermine faith? I went looking for hateful atheistic memes for this slide. <laughs> God is Santa Claus for grown-ups, okay? And, and what the concern would be is getting kids to believe that there is a person at the North Pole who is always watching, but then pulling the rug out from under them prepares them to doubt us when we say there's this other thing, like there is a person in heaven who's always watching. Right? That's the concern, that we're preparing them to be skeptics and not believe what we say. Um, and uh, sure enough, there are a lot of skeptics who will tell you that. They'll just say, God is just Santa Claus for adults. You guys are just as naive as children. Um, Acts 17, 22 to 23 is Paul preaching in Athens the Areopagus, and he says, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you're very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. Paul saw something that was utterly and completely false, like literally a pagan idol, and said, I'm going to use that to say something true, and then launched a sermon from there. Okay. And that is a perpetual reminder to me that things are kind of what you make out of them. He could have just yelled instead and said, you pagans. And instead he's like, I notice you're religious. <laughs> In fact, you're, you're, you're a bit much religious. Let me, let me talk to you about what you know. <laughs> um, 
could the Santa thing undermine faith in God? Yeah, I mean, sure it could. I mean, if, if you teach a kid intentionally or unintentionally to disbelieve their parents, and the parent is the primary person telling them to believe in God, yeah, it could absolutely be a problem. Or it could be an opportunity to talk about something more real. Right? It could be the, the altar to the unknown God where you say, yeah, that, that thing is fake, but it's a way of talking about something. Talking about generosity and kindness, about responsibility. Uh, yeah. There's a way to get from here to there. So I, I don't think it has to be a, a trust-breaking exercise. That um, I assume everyone in the room stopped believing in Santa at some point, and here you are still believing in God. You know, so it's, it's not a deal-breaker <laughs> right? that one follows the other. It, it is a possibility that you just create skeptics, so just be aware of it. But I, I don't think it's as big a deal as some people think it is. Does it undermine Jesus when we squeeze Santa Claus into the nativity scene? Um, funny, in Churches of Christ, we have like kind of polar opposite views. Um, in the, the more traditional wing of the Churches of Christ, we would be insistent that there's no historical evidence that Jesus was born on December 25th or that there's any biblical account of Christians having a festival on December 25th, all of which happens to be true. And so growing up, I was actually quite okay with Santa, but concerned about the nativity story, that maybe it shouldn't be part of Christmas. Um, now I'm kind of the opposite, where, in, again, back to the, the, the altar to the unknown God. Somebody wants to talk about Jesus, I'm for it. So in, in a world that's gone mad, anybody time anybody wants to talk about Jesus, I'm going to say, yes, let's do it. It was a strange feeling. Um, there was a Christmas parade in Tulsa every year. And someone, uh, the city of Tulsa put it on, paid for it, parts of it. But there was a religious Jesus-themed Christmas float. And so they get sued over it for having Jesus in the Tulsa Christmas parade. And so they decide to just disband the whole parade. Mm -hmm. And Bailey's pub, Irish pub yeah, or something, pub. offered to fund it and keep the float in so it had private funding. And it was a strange moment for me where I was like, which side of this am I on? Like, there's a pub who's pro-Jesus, and I'm over here saying, well, he wasn't born on December 25th. And I'm like, this is a weird position I'm taking. I don't know how I feel about it. And it was a moment for me that really shook me. So um, it's, a, it's a tough one. You can't tell Jesus is the reason for the season and also that it's all about getting gifts from Santa at the same time. I know which one they're going to be more concerned with. I mean, let's be real. So my family has developed the totally unhealthy tradition because we only see each other at Thanksgiving, uh, the out-of-town people. So we do some Christmas at Thanksgiving, which means my kids now assume Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving. The gratitude one is about getting presents. And, and Calvin will walk around like, so when are the presents? I'm like, that's kind of the opposite of what we're trying to do today, right? So I know which one they're going to key in on. If there's a present, that's what it's about, okay? Um, fair enough. Again, this ran off the screen, but Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracle of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Solid food is for the mature, for those who have the powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. 
point of that passage is there's an appropriate level of maturity for children and an appropriate level of maturity for adults. I kind of talked about that a little bit this morning, didn't we? Um, do children understand everything we're trying to say about Jesus or Christmas or Santa Claus or gifts or gratefulness? Of course not. <laughs> We've been saying that for this whole semester, right? How do you talk to kids about anything? One of the rules was anticipate misunderstandings and embrace them and just try to nudge them closer to a better understanding. Lucas understands better now than he did earlier on. He knows to be more grateful now than he did early on. Calvin will get there eventually. We hope. We all hope and pray. We all hope and pray for Calvin, yeah, <laughs> someday. So again, could Christmas undermine Jesus and gratefulness and all good things? Yeah, it could. You, you could turn Christmas into a consumerist nightmare of greedy children. The world needs lots more of those, right? No. My answer would be, don't let it. Uh, you, you have some choice in this. You can get someone a gift without turning them into a, a greedy little present fiend. Uh, it is possible. Make Jesus a bigger deal than Santa. Here's a crazy idea. I mean, say, I, I talk about both. I talk about Santa. But I talk a lot more about Jesus, I hope, in my home all year long than I do about Santa Claus. Again, that's up to me. Now, if you don't talk about Jesus at all, and then once a year talk about Santa, I know which one's going to be the emphasis. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be Jesus. So what the culture of your home is is going to be really up to you. Kids are, who are young enough to enjoy Santa, barely old enough to know much about Jesus anyway. So I'm not really worried about them getting their wires crossed too much. They're still learning about both. Uh, again, not super worried about it. I think it's a good opportunity to build faith, mm -hmm. yeah. to build to build build your faith. I mean, if you have to sit down, like like when you guys did with Lucas, and uh, you know that was probably somewhat traumatic for him, <laughs> and uh, yeah. just not to not to believe. Because I remember when he kind of told me, he said, "Well, I talked to mom and dad, and he <laughs> said." Uh, um, Santa, Santa, Santa's not real, uh, and uh, and I said, "Are you sure about that?" <laughs> it probably tore up what you guys. Uh, now, oh, the temptation. Could you please be little, just a little longer? Yeah, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you want that, but it is an opportunity when you're talking about you know what's on that screen right there. Yeah, it is an opportunity to uh, maybe kind of sort of tie that together and in an opportunity to build their faith. Yeah, because I guarantee you, when they get out there on their own, they're going to need it. Yeah. They're going to need it. Yeah. They're going to need that faith. They're going to need to believe in something even though they can't see it. Yeah. Or they're not going to make it. For real. So let's transition a minute then. How do we break it to them? Which is my favorite part of today's conversation if we, we have the time to do it. Um, the concern is I don't want to set up my kid for a pointless and possibly devastating disappointment when they get older. Again, first of all, your kid will survive. Kids are tough. Mm -hmm. uh, again, most of you, I assume, believed at Santa at some point and are still functioning adults afterwards. Uh, ish. Other than Mark. The rest of you are doing fine. Yeah. Functioning. Functioning-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, here was, th there are lots of solutions to this that you can, again, no wrong answer here, but Celine and I stumbled onto uh, an interesting one while I was kind of doing grad school and really deeply interested in church history. And I, don't, I should have known, but it never really dawned on me that St. Nicholas 
is in fact a, an entirely real person. Okay? Which is kind of fascinating. And while, don't get me wrong, a lot of the Santa Claus t- tradition is pagan whimsy and nonsense shuffled in with, with this, there was actually a Christian fellow named um, St. Nicholas. He's totally real. And we should talk about him a little bit. Again, I'm not big on, like, have a patron saint. But just to know there were some cool Christians in history is not a bad thing for your kid to learn. I have a cool video. I can't make it work. So I'll just send it out later if you want to see it on the story of the true story of St. Nicholas. But I'll give you the summary. And that is um, he was a bishop at the time of the Council of Nicaea in 325. He was actually at the Council of Nicaea. Um, he, he was one of the bishops in favor of the true doctrine of the incarnation of Christ and got so mad at Arius the heretic that he punched him during the, the uh, debate of Nicaea. Yeah, that's right. St. Nicholas punched a guy because he believed in Jesus so much. No, yeah, great story. Anyway, but what he's more famous for was generosity. Um, he liked to give gifts to people in his churches, uh, especially the poor. At that time, if you wanted to get married, you had to have some kind of dowry, right? And so if you were poor, your daughter wasn't going to get married, okay? The story that's confirmed from a few sources is that St. Nicholas liked to go by people's windows at night with marriage-age daughter and fling coins into the living room and then walk away and not let them know who had done it. A strange old man leading gifts in the middle of the night for poor people. Like, that part is actually true. Okay? That's a cool story to tell a kid as they're coming of age. Whenever you deal with stories from the litany of saints, you get a a fair mixture of things that make sense and things that don't, right? I mean, that's always the case. But enough of it is concrete to to be worth repeating, uh, the idea that this is a guy who was a gift giver. Now it's Celine's turn to teach, and I was going to let her share how we did that little rendition with Lucas mm-hmm. when he when he came to us with the, okay, for real, is he real? real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he asked that, and I did ask him. I said, okay, are you sure you want to know the truth? And I said, once you know it, it that's the end of it. Or you can't. There's no unknowing. And he said, yeah, yeah, but I already know. And I said, oh, do you? And he said, yeah, he's saying it's not real. And I said, hmm, well, he is real. And he just looked at me. And that's where we talked about the patron saint. And then we also talked about how the spirit of Santa Claus is what's real. Um, and that he knows I'm a big lover of Christmas and <laughs> gift giving. And so um, when we were discussing gifts and he was kind of going through it all, and he said, but did you said that like, the person, because I told the person himself of Santa is not real, but the spirit of Christmas is. The spirit of Santa Claus is what's real. And uh, he asked, so who gave me all those gifts all the years that you said it was Santa? And I said, who do you think? <laughs> he goes, you guys, you, you and dad. And I said, right. And uh, he said, but you didn't take credit for that. And I said, that's the spirit of Christmas. I said, what brought us joy is watching you unwrap it and be surprised and be excited because you got a thing that you really liked or wanted. And I said, that's what it's about is giving a gift without getting recognition 
and you help others or um, look look out for others. I said, but um, now that you kind of know this, you are now in the club of Santa Clauses. I said, you're old enough now that you have to be a Santa Claus now that you know this. I said, the way that you do that is number one, you don't spill the secret for the little ones that talk about, especially your brother and other kids at school. I said, when people say, well, Santa Claus isn't real, he said, yeah, what do I say to that? Because I can't, I'm not going to lie. I said, you can say the spirit of Santa Claus is real. There really was a saint. He's a real and, pretend person, yeah, it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> Dad was right all along. Yeah. So um, the second thing you have to do is you have to look for ways to give without recognition. You have to do it in secret. That's what being a Santa Claus is. Um, you find a way, either it has to be helping someone, um, it has to be a gift of some kind, um, but you find out what that person needs or would like or something that would make someone smile and you give that and you do that. Um, and then from there, I said, we also do Elf on the Shelf. Which is another fun example of <laughs> suspending your belief. Like yeah. Calvin looks at it and knows this is clearly a toy. Yeah. And yet he likes to play along with the game of yes. what stupid thing is. We don't, we don't emphasize the, ours is named Ralph. Because yeah. that's my brother's middle name. And it irritates my brother. Anyway, <laughs> Ralph the elf. We don't emphasize the Ralph is watching you thing. Like I, that, whatever. They get plenty of pressure in life. They don't need that. But we like the game part of it where Ralph moves every morning and he's doing something goofy every day. And, and, and Calvin again, plays along with the game, knowing full it gets well. Upset if Ralph forgot to move. <laughs> if sometimes Ralph forgets to move. Yes. Yes. But we did, that was one thing that's been fun. Which we fixed we've that. Let Lucas in on that. Well, Lucas now in charge of Ralph. So now, after Calvin goes to bed, he is to go set up Ralph yeah. and has a lot of fun with it. And I did talk to him more because this was all last year we had this conversation. This year I talked to him again and I said, so you've had a year of thinking about it. Christmas is here. How do you feel kind of knowing there's not going to be a jolly old fat man coming to our house and give you a gift? And he said, I thought I'd be more disappointed, but I'm not, which I was really happy with. And I said, are you still understanding what we talk about, what we've said before about Christmas and kind of the spirit and the magic of the holiday? And he said, yeah. It also has led to more questions about God and Jesus. Okay, if you're telling me Santa isn't real, you're now asking me to believe in someone that I can't see as well. And that was is a great fun, conversation we were having. Yeah. And we enjoyed very much that it led to that with him being the bright kid that he is. And then uh, the sign of things to come, Mm -hmm. Yesterday, while I'm being Santa Claus, Calvin is there and, of course, knows exactly who Santa Claus is, right? <laughs> and so I, I tell him, I'm like, hey, it's really important that you don't tell the other kids and don't yell, hey, Dad, like, when you see me, it's Santa. And he goes, okay. And, and then he's thinking about it, and he says, but you're not the real Santa Claus. I said, well, that sounds right. He goes, okay, and, and he's like he's thinking it through, and I'm like, ah, yes. oh, that day's coming it too. Is. But he played the game, he did. right? He all day he's like, hey Santa, and then and then I get home, he's like, hey 
dad. And, you, know, it's, you, know, you played the game, and it was fun. And I think that's the way to look at it, is it's, it's not about the other. It's about this game we play and, and then things that we can learn through it. Or do none of it. <laughs> There's not a right and wrong answer, but that's the way we do it. 